Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose, aka the only actual father on this podcast, taking way too many victory laps. I am joined today by Tyler Bigger Beerbach. How you doing, dude? Very, very good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty decent, man. Uh, we are looking into week 13 right now for the waiver wires, but before we dive into all that, obviously we are missing Jimbo James Dreer. He cannot find his microphone. Maybe he <laughs> threw it into the lake because he sucks at fantasy football this year. Ooh. <laughs> Not quite. Well, we're in quite a few leagues, and uh, it's definitely hit or miss, but we're mostly successful. But... Uh, before we dive into this episode that covers the week 13 waiver wire pickups, players that we are interested in or not interested in, we're going to talk about everybody. We're also going to talk about injuries that did happen during week 12. Uh, but before we dive into that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Wherever you're listening to us, like and subscribe. Give us five stars. If not, like I always say, just fuck off. Five stars or nothing. So, yeah, let's just dive right into this episode. Uh, we only have two teams on bye this week for week 13. The Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Not many fantasy-relevant players besides, you know, De- DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got one fantasy-relevant kind of team and then the Panthers. And then the Panthers, which they do have some fantasy relevant running backs, I would say, because the the running back situation has been pretty horrible this year. But either way, they're on bye week, so uh, yeah, players, yeah, can't use them. So before we dive into who we like on the waiver wires this week, we're going to glance over the injuries that happened in week twelve, which pretty much you know leans us into there are waiver wire pickups. First person we're going to talk about is Aaron Rodgers, who obviously has been, um, well, not obviously, he ha- apparently has been suffering a hand injury that he's been dealing with. Can't really tell because he's been playing pretty subpar all year anyways. But in the last game, in week 12, he might have suffered fractured ribs. And we'll find out with further testing as the week progresses. So keep an eye on Aaron Rodgers if someone if that's someone that you are starting. But at this point, he's very he's a middle of the pack quarterback. Uh, I think the only interesting part of this is the fact that Jordan Love did come in and play pretty interesting. He looked very mobile and, um, at the very least, very serviceable as a passing quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it'd be interesting to see the way that goes. And all the other thing about this, obviously, this isn't as it can be fantasy relevant for. The team here, there is some chatter out there about like, depending on if Aaron Rodgers, how significant these injuries are. If they just shut him down for the year, like you have Jordan Love in his fourth season, you didn't pick up his fifth year option. So like, this is your last chance to evaluate him before you have to decide to re-sign him or cut bait. And so why not in a lost season, give Aaron or Aaron, um, give Jordan Love the last you know five games six games of the season to see what he can actually do you know that's a very good point especially with the team that is at this point not exactly out out of the playoff picture yeah they're not out of the playoff picture but they're very far from it 
Yeah, I mean, they'd yeah. have to like win out, and some other teams would have to start losing so they could make the wild card. Like, it's a whole thing. So, from a fantasy perspective, that's pretty interesting because Jordan Love might come in and maybe run the ball a little bit more than Aaron Rodgers has. Aaron Rodgers has been a very middle of the pack quarterback, as I said. Um, and when a quarterback is rushing the ball, you know, maybe Jordan Love do- does get a chance to get some 20 point games in. He did throw a nice ball to Christian Watson which everyone's raving about, but he threw it to him on a slant, and then Christian Watson ran 30 yards. <laughs> yeah, and he was so, wide open anyways. Like, I mean, it was a pretty easy, you know, passing catch there. Yeah, so it's not exactly like Jordan Love's out here just throwing dimes. But uh, interesting situation to look into moving forward. Let's talk about Matthew Stafford and the Rams, uh, an offense that just sucks overall, especially since Cooper Cup went down. Fantasy-wise, this offense is complete garbage. Besides Tyler's Higby, shout out to your boy. <laughs> but he's been injured, so he's also been struggling. But Matthew Stafford is, uh, he's still recovering from that concussion that he had two weeks ago. But apparently now he has a, a neck sprain that he suffered. And the general consensus is kind of like Aaron Rodgers. It's like you're not really rushing this guy back because their season at this point is mostly over. They're not really making a playoff run. They're struggling. Yeah, I mean... It kind of sucks. Um, you know, I mean, it's weird. They're on the verge of having, like, the worst season after a Super Bowl win, like, ever. It makes sense because Matthew Stafford looks like absolute garbage. We talked about it, I think, every time, uh, especially when Cooper Cup was still healthy. Like, Matthew Stafford looks horrible if he doesn't throw the ball to Cooper Cup. Yeah. Their offense just did not look like they were doing I mean, anything. Their running game didn't exist. The offensive line is terrible. Uh, he has no time to throw back there. So, I mean, that's where it really starts is the offensive line. Um, I think the loss of Andrew Whitworth up front is was a lot more um, important than I think a lot of people realized to begin the season. That is a good point. Something we don't really talk about much on this podcast. But, you know, when offensive line injuries happen, changes to the offensive line, uh, things change. Just to bring it up real quick, you know, Josh Jacobs had 303 yards on Sunday, which is not a secret, but it was the first game Cole Miller was back in multiple weeks. So they finally had their offensive line back fully, you know, with what they do have for an offensive line, and he had his best game of the season. So when you you have the guys that you want to have on the offensive line, it does happen, even if it's just one guy. It definitely changes things. Just so you know, I was timing this. It took all about four minutes and 23 seconds before you brought up the Raiders being the Seahawks this this last weekend. (laughs) Um, so honestly, it went a little longer than I expected it was. So <laughs> thanks for holding back. I'm not going to talk too much smack. It was a great <laughs> game. Probably the best game of the week, right? It was very fun to watch. It was, it was a know. very good game. It was, I mean, it took, you know, it took a literally a historic day out of Josh Jacobs for, to win the game. So I'll take it. Yeah. 303 yards from scrimmage. Most in Raiders history, most rushing yards in a game in Raiders history. Now he has the most 100 yard rushing games, uh, in a season in Raiders history which makes him above Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson, but I'm not going (laughs) to rub that in too much besides what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Things are looking good uh, besides the fact that they are horrible. Their record is horrible. But, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, they're getting injured. Justin Fields didn't play last weekend with his shoulder injury, and even though he did practice most of the week last week, he did not play last Sunday. Chicago right now is 3-9, and And it kind of fits the same narrative that we've been talking about. It's a team that's not fighting for a playoff position. 
And Justin Fields on the opposite end of Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers is you know, a young, hopeful fr- like franchise quarterback for the Bears. So they have no reason to rush him back, right? If you have Justin Fields on your roster, you have to look elsewhere. Um, yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, if I'm the Bears, I'm definitely, you know, proceeding with a great caution here. They are saying there's a good chance he does play this weekend. Um, probably because this is non-throwing shoulder, but I'm in, in your camp though, you know, three and nine, what are you doing? Why would you even risk him going back out there without it being fully healed? It's just, it doesn't make sense. He looked, uh, like he progressed a lot in the last few weeks. Uh, obviously not the best passer in the world, but you know, that rushing ability basically I mean, he, kind of like a poor man's Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's running better than Lamar is this year. Yeah, but he's not Lamar. But you, you kind of see what I'm saying, though. So when you, if you're looking forward and you see what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson, I can't blame the Bears if they ease Justin Fields back into the the fold as far as starting. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Justin Fields, don't look forward to him playing for you uh, anytime soon. And if he does, expect him at least out for not, at least the next week or two. Let's talk about Travis Etienne, though. Someone who uh, fucked me in multiple fantasy games, which is not his <laughs> fault. He got injured. Uh, he left the game late after severing what is believed to be a sprained foot. It shouldn't be a long-term injury. They think he's going to be back this week, which we'll talk about here in a little bit with our uh, waiver wire ads. So Travis Etienne, if he's healthy, you know we love him, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, he's been killing it all year. Let's talk about another running back, Michael Carter. Day to day with a low ankle injury. Um it's Michael Carter. He's been doing pretty decent, but I'm not high on him. Yeah, not huge. I mean, luckily it's a low ankle sprain. Those are much easier to, re- to recover from. Um he's listed as day to day right now, so there's a good chance he plays again. Um obviously we will be talking about his uh potential replacement here in a few minutes though. Potential replacement, but also James Robinson should be coming back. So it's he the... well, that that's the interesting because James Robinson was a healthy scratch this last weekend. There was no injury designation for, for the reason he was inactive. Oh, interesting, because Josh Jacobs was a healthy scratch and he had 303 yards in scrimmage. But, you know, like I said, I'm not going to talk about that. Josh too Jacob, much. You can't be a healthy scratch and also <laughs> play the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, he was um, he practiced all week and then on Friday was on the injury report. Right, no, but that. no, James Robinson was uh he was inactive for the game. He didn't suit up for the game, but he there was no injury designation with him. So he was healthy to play and they chose not to suit him up. Uh maybe he like accidentally took some mushrooms or something. <laughs> um, Hang out with OBJ <laughs> before the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a reason why you're just accidentally well, not accidentally, but suddenly, you know, put on the injury report or you know, not starting. I mean, it happens. Sometimes it's a rift within the team. They maybe they think he's not prepared enough for the game. Uh, maybe he's not fitting as well as they hoped they, he would when they traded for him. It's hard to say. I, I don't want to stick on this too much, but let's be fair. You go from Jacksonville to New York in late November. Things are gonna. It, if you're not used to it, it's really gonna sh- it shell shock you. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I think last week didn't he play in the Midwest for co- at college? Um, you're the college guy. That's totally up to you to decide wow. those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, you're, you're the college guy. You watch yeah, all the no, college he, he games. Went, he went to Illinois State because I remember talking about this, I think, last week or the week before. 
Oh, hell yeah. Shout out to Illinois. Used to live there. Um, you know, I'll just say this. You know, things change even from, uh, let's just say, or from the Pacific Northwest. People live in Oregon. Yeah, the, their winter might be harsh, but our winter is going to be pretty harsh. We're getting eight inches of snow in the next two days. Maybe yeah. 12, like a whole foot of snow in the yeah. next two days. I mean, and we're on the east side state. Like, you go to the west side where Seattle's at, they get an inch of snow and the city shuts down. So it's very different uh, within our even our own state. Exactly. Yeah, different. It, it, things change, especially from, you know, going from the south to Florida up to New York. It. Maybe he's Culture not used shock. to it. Who knows? Culture exactly. shock for sure. But so let, let's run out. Um, well, not really run out, but let's talk about another running back here. Joe Mixon, he got a concussion last week. You have to monitor his progression throughout this week. Um, I'll be honest. With concussions this year, it seems like it's a longer recovery time. Guys who get concussions, they don't come back the next week as often as they used to. So I would not be surprised if Joe Mixon does not play another week. Well. We all know you can blame the Dolphins and the Tua situation for him coming back the week after sustaining a very bad concussion, you could tell, and then it being worse when he got hit in the head again. Yeah, Tua sort of gang signs, and then he came back and had like the three best games of his career. Like I so. honestly, I think people saw that, and the te- and teams and the NFL were like, "No way can we ha- let this happen again." Like you are going, if there's any slightest indication that like he could still be concussed, he's out. You're not playing him because that was a bad look for the NFL. I'm totally with you. But at the same time, Tua came back and played some fantastic games. He did when he was fully crazy. healthy, though. He missed the game after that again. Remember, they held him out an extra week. Yeah. Once he was able to form a full sentence, then he was throwing three, <laughs> touchdowns, you know, <laughs> three touchdowns a game when they graduated him back to hard food. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. Darnell Mooney, if you've been relying on him as a flex player, he's out for the rest of the season. Yikes. Well, yeah, definitely yikes. Maybe in a two-wide receiver <laughs> league. Um, he's out for the rest of the season as they're going to give him surgery after his ankle injury. So, you know, he has to fix that. He's out for the rest of the year. Say bye-bye to Darnell Mooney for fantasy purposes. Uh, but before we move on, I mean, is there any... Anybody else in this Bears offense that jumps out to you? We talked about this so many times, though. They, they don't throw for many yards. No, they haven't all year. Um, Justin Fields became an absolute sensation because of how much he's running the ball. I mean, he's running the ball like a running back is right now in terms of the, like the usage and the, and the yardage he's putting up. So um, I don't think I, there's no reason to believe that someone's going to all, all, you know, magically step up into this offense, become a real threat in the passing game. I'm with you like 95% of the way. If I'm taking a total dart throw, Chase Claypool. Might as well just, if you have a space on your bench. I mean, he becomes the number one target. I would honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw more out of Cole Komet going forward, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, he does have some rapport, obviously, with Justin Fields already. But again, all these guys have been here outside of Claypool the entire season and including Darnell Mooney, nothing, none of them have done anything all season. So I know Cole Komet scored like the five touchdowns in three games, but we know how you know ridiculous that was. Yeah, I'm with you. Hopefully Cole Komet does get more targets, man. It's a cold world out here. I really hope he does get some more looks. Darnell Mooney really was flirting with being like fantasy, like flex worthy. Not quite breaking that barrier, but he was, he was flirting with it. He was flirting with it, but he wasn't. He wasn't being asked to the dance. 
Yeah, and with Justin Fields maybe being out for the next few weeks, it's a total dart throw on their offense, definitely. Um, Elijah Mitchell out for the next six to eight weeks with a sprained MCL, which fantasy-wise, that means Elijah Mitchell, fuck him. <laughs> he hasn't played all season. It's crazy. Great, he came back even after the CMC trade and has played decently well. He's not getting a ton of looks, but he's looking good when he's running the ball, and now he's hurt again. Like, he's one of those guys like just can never stay healthy. Yeah, he's like DeAndre Swift. It's like, God, he looks good, but come on, can you stay healthy? Take the bait. No? Oh, God no. damn it. Okay, I was trying We're to bait you into right it. <laughs> I was trying to bait you into it. But you see what I'm saying, though, right? It's like it's someone who is, oh, yeah. when they are healthy, very promising, but they just can't stay healthy. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah, down to the sip sucks. But anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So, um, Damian Harris, he's expected to be week to week with a thigh injury. Not expected to play Thursday night against Buffalo. So on a short week, obviously you can't rely on Damian Harris to really to clear that uh, injury report. And we yeah, talked about this for talked about it for a while now. I'll just say it real quick. Reminder Stevenson has basically taken over this backfield. Exactly. I mean, he had Damian Harris wasn't much of the game plan any longer, but he was still there taking some of the carries and some of the snaps away from Stevenson. So the, all that really means that you can actually boost Stevenson a little bit more. Yes, sir, and I like that one. You might see him on our starts of the week. Maybe. We'll see. But the Bills are very strong against running backs. But either way, when someone's an obvious running back um, without a committee, he looks pretty good this week, Stevenson, at least as a flex play. I'll just say that right now. Uh, Najee Harris did leave um, Monday night's game with an abdominal injury. There's no word yet right now because we are recording this on a Monday night on what the significance of the injury is. But I'll just say this, you know, his backups came in and looked the same, if not better. Um, did you, I would did you that watch means, the game? Yeah, I, I watched quite a bit of it. Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, though, Najee, the last couple of weeks, uh, especially has played very, very well. So um, I am a little upset that like, He's just starting to get go for this, get going for the season, and now is, you know, out for, could be out for a couple of weeks. It kind of sucked. Um, and so with that, because that is the last injury, let's go ahead and just jump into his backups as waiver wire additions for this week. Um, because Jalen Warren, um, he was inactive this this week. He has a hamstring injury, didn't practice all week, so who knows what his stats will be for this coming weekend. But Benny Snell definitely led the led the backfield after the injury and looked pretty good doing it. So. I think both should be added on like a whim in case Najee's out um, because obviously Jalen Warren has been the back of all season. So he would be a guy you do want if he's healthy, but you know if he's going to be healthy or not. So pick one of them. Hopefully you pick the one that's going to get most of the carries, but you have to really pay attention to the, you know, injury tags when it comes to Harris and Warren. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. And honestly, if I'm doing that, I, I like Benny Snell. I'm a sucker for the film. And from tonight, from what I watch, Benny Snell uh, just looked good. It might have been situational, but he took advantage of what he was doing. Jalen Warren did look good also. You know, you know, uh, nothing negative to him. When he's, had his, when he's had his chances, he's he's done some good stuff. 
He has some good snaps tonight too, but Benny Snow really now, looked War- good. No, Warren Warren was inactive. He had the hamstring injury. You're thinking Anthony McFarland. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. But if Warren's back, that means McFarland's still third on the depth chart. So I just wouldn't see that. Um, and even if Warren's out, I think Benny Sne- Snell is still the uh, the primary ball carrier here. I mean, he ha- he out-snapped McFarland by, I think, double. And that's what I get for having a low-definition TV or maybe just using uh, free online streams instead of actual <laughs> paying for the games. Because <laughs> Legal I- <laughs> streaming has its downsides. Yeah, every time McFarland ran the ball, I was like, God damn, Jalen Warren looks good. I thought it was him the entire time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, uh, but, but Benny Snow did look better. So, yeah, Benny Snow is who I'm putting my hat on this week if Najee Harris is out. So, uh, you know, obviously at this point, we're diving into the waiver wires. Let's talk about uh, Jermichael Hasty, backup to Travis Etienne, only rostered in a very small percentage of leagues most likely available in whatever league you're playing in uh 3% rostered but they do expect Travis Etienne to return next week but with Travis Etienne out last Sunday Jermichael Hasty looked pretty good which is ironic because um I had Jermichael Hasty kind of sitting in a couple teams that I have hoping that Etienne if he goes down I have Jermichael Hasty well I dropped him in a lot of leagues and of course he has a good game so <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't predict injuries. You know, that's that's part of the fantasy. Um, like it, they do expect Etienne to be back. They said that he was actually healthy enough and clear to come back into the game against uh, Baltimore, but they wanted to hold him out just to you know keep things safe, play play it safe with him, make sure he is healthy for the long haul. Because obviously, this is for them a lost season, which is like this 18th time we've said that already in this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, that's like the theme of the podcast right now. It's like, oh, yeah, keep them healthy for the long haul. Don't bring it back too early. <laughs> yeah, lost season. Yeah, so let's talk about someone we've never talked about in this podcast ever. And I'll be honest, someone whose name <laughs> I did not know before Sunday. Hey, don't feel bad. No one else has ever talked about him either. Oh, let's talk about him. Zonovan Knight. What a name. Running back for the New York Jets. Rostered in 1% of the league. Somebody knows about him. One in 100 fantasy players, apparently. Well, I think it's because uh, he got picked up probably 100 times last night. Yeah, if you play in a league where pickups do happen like that, um, trash. But anyways, <laughs> he, he did pretty good. You know, Zonovan Knight had a, uh, a nice little fill-in after Michael Carter went out. Obviously, you know, Michael Carter's out. Brees Hall's out for the season. How do we feel about this guy? You know, he had 14 touches for 69 yards, three catches, three uh, for 34 yards. Not a bad showing. 11.8 fantasy points in a half point PPR league. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to feel about him. Obviously, Michael Carr, they're calling him day to day. There's a good chance he plays. You still have James Robinson there, who I know we just kind of discussed in, in pretty good length there about him being a healthy scratch for this last week. So he's there. Um, he could obviously be active this week, and then that if they're both back, if Carter's back, even in a limited capacity, and then they activate Robinson or make him active this game, you have Knight then sitting there as the third stringer and not going to see the field. So we're fucking with Knight. I'm not. I there's too many variables there. There's a very good chance he literally won't see the field in this coming week because Carter and Robinson come back. 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's a ah, decent little dart throw, though, if you're struggling. Who knows? I mean, Those yeah, guys are probably going to be back, but yeah, he's I'm with probably you. Gonna, I mean, he's going to be a popular waiver wire ad, but I'm not. I mean, at, at this point in the season, you probably don't have a whole lot of fab left. I'm not blowing it on a guy who has a high probability of not playing much anyways. It is a dart throw. Like, if you do get him and then, you know, they don't activate Robinson and they end up holding out Michael Carter for another week, then you're sitting pretty because now you have, a you know, an RB1 with no competition for touches and in night. And with that being said, I mean, they are playing Minnesota, who isn't a great defense. They're kind of middle of the pack in most cases, so it's not a terrible matchup for him to play either. But that's a pretty risky dart throw that I'm not going to spend a ton of my fab left that I have left on. Yeah, I'm with you. And the more I look into it, you know, Ty Johnson still exists. Not the biggest threat in the world. <laughs> he's breathing. He he is breathing. You know, he's 25 and very healthy. But he, he ran the ball five yards or five times for 60 yards and a touchdown. Had a better performance than, you know, Zonovan Knight. But I think it's the carries and the snap percentage that makes Zonovan Knight interesting. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm, if I'm picking one, I'm certainly picking Zonovan. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, I think it's too risky with, you know, James Robinson still be on the roster and the and Michael Carter, more than likely being active for this game. Definitely, yeah. If anything, a, a, a deep play at this point. Yeah, which makes sense that he's rostered in one percent of the leagues. Let's talk about Zay Jones, someone who I've had uh, plenty of opinions on. Very capable receiver, someone I don't think is really going to you know win you anything. He's rostered in 38% of leagues, but in six games this year, he has eight-plus targets. At this point, obviously, we're going to week 13, so you know, let's say in half the games that he's played, he has eight targets. And in the last two weeks, he has at least eight catches and 10 targets in those games. He's an interesting one because, like, half the games he's getting a ton of targets, and the other half of the games he's like almost non-existent. And so it's tough. And even, even with that said, like a couple of games where he had eight targets, like he had one game he had eight targets, but only three catches and twelve yards. So it's tough. Yep. But I mean, honestly, this late in the season, if you're looking for wide receiver help, there's a lot of worse places to look than Zay Jones. At least he gives you, a, you know is playing in an offense that's becoming more explosive. He's clearly the number two guy here behind Christian Kirk and when it comes to the passing game. So, I mean, you could you could do a lot worse, that's for sure. And in the next two weeks, they are playing at home, or no, away, actually, yep. uh, against Detroit and Tennessee, two teams that are susceptible against receivers. That is very, very true. So, yeah, not a bad play. You know, it's... It's not someone I shit on, but I, I think he just very um it's like a poor man's Brandon Cooks to me. You know, he he's he's capable when you give him the ball, but you don't expect very much. He's very reliable on targets, which we have seen in the last two weeks. So he's getting them. Might as well roll with him. And if you're looking for a flex, he doesn't seem too bad. Uh really quick, what about uh Traylon Burks? Rostered in a lot of leagues, sixty eight percent. He has 11 catches on 14 targets for 181 yards in the last two weeks. He did get a touchdown after Derrick Henry fumbled in the open field, and he recovered it. 
But besides that, honestly, he seems like he's getting pretty good work after he recovered from his injury. He is getting better work. Um, the past game as as a whole has looked better the last few weeks as well. So that's a those are obviously signs, you know, positive signs because Tannehill's now thrown in the last three weeks. Pretty sure his best three games of the of the season. So yeah, they have he been. Has. Uh he's flirted with three hundred yards um the last three games. So the passing game's getting better. Obviously the <laughs> the touchdown's weird. Uh, recovering a fumble into the end zone uh, to score is a weird way of doing it, but hey, at six points is six points, right? So, um, honestly, at this point, he is really worth an add, and I think he's probably flirting a little bit with being flex-worthy. Granted, not this week. They are playing Philadelphia, so don't get cute. Yeah, well, maybe garbage time might help him out. Um, yeah, how did that you know. do? I mean... There's only so much to say that against the Eagles defense. They're pretty stout all, all the way throughout. I mean, I understand Christian Watson just did it to him, but it took yeah. one big play. Yeah, I'm with you. I was actually watching the Philadelphia game on Sunday night, and I, you know, when they do the whole thing where they go through the lineup and they give you the PFF rank for every yep. player? Yep. Pretty much every single player on their defense is top 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're really freaking good. Yeah, and they just really keep adding. Pe- they keep adding pieces, like they you know brought back uh, or they brought in Indomitian Sue, who you know is just another force in the middle who only get better because he's probably fat and out of shape. He hasn't played all season, so like he's only gonna get better as the season goes along, and that just makes it that much harder for quarterbacks to have time to throw the ball. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. So yeah, Traylon Burks definitely creeping into it, and uh, just want to touch on it real quick: the fact that they're. Uh, flirting with 300 yards passing now, 30% increase. That's yeah. a pretty good, pretty good increase. You know, they were throwing for less than 200 yards a game for the first half of the season. So something is coming together with the Titans right now. So he, he seems definitely worth a look moving forward, but he's probably not available. 68% of leagues. If he is, pick him up. If he is, yep. And, you know, he has a great first syllable of his name, Trey, a.k.a. Stinky Fingers, Lon Burks. You know, he's out there. Let's talk about another receiver. He was rostered in a decent percent of leagues and has been underperforming because he hasn't even played. Jamison Williams, designated to return from IR last Monday, and his return to the field should be coming anytime soon. But we'll be... Let's just be honest. It, he comes into a decently packed wide receiver room. Yeah, there is a lot going on there. Um, interesting update actually earlier today. Even though they did designate him to start practicing, uh, they're saying his return this week in week 13 is unlikely. That's coming from Dan Campbell, the head coach. So they're still expecting to hold him out. It kind of seems like. I mean, I think after I think next week will be they have to activate him or put him on the IR permanently for the rest of the season. Um, so we'll figure that out. But it, it sounds like if they're going to bring him along this slowly, which, you know, they should do. I would not be surprised if James Williams does not see the field this year. Yep. And that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. Unless you're in a dynasty league, Jameson Williams means nothing to you. Yeah. Like you, you have to just keep rolling with him uh, in a dynasty league. But this year, he's not going to do anything for you. If he does play week 14, 15, 16 during your, you know, the playoffs of your fantasy league, you're a ballsy motherfucker if you're going to throw him out there. 
I mean, you're, you're grasping at straws if that's what you're doing. Yep. And uh, kudos to you if you're willing to do that. But holy shit, I don't see it happening. <laughs> but speaking of Williams, last name Williams, let's talk about Kyron Williams, someone we liked in the offseason, rookie running back, rostered in 44% of leagues. He has quietly taken over the Rams' backfield with pretty minimal stats. Not really putting up big numbers, but he has outsnapped Akers in those two weeks. Obviously, Daryl Henderson is out of the picture right now with the Rams. He's gone. Yeah, I think he got picked up by Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the theme this year really is like kind of capturing rookie running backs when you can. And he's one of the few that's left is Kyron Williams. You know, Isaiah Pacheco started to emerge with the Chiefs. Um, uh, is there more? There's definitely yeah. more. Well, they, they, they've been around for longer, though, and they've already emerged. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have Brees Hall in, in New York who got hurt and yeah, right when he was starting to look like an absolute stud. You have Kenneth Walker in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. And these are all guys we were talking about preseason who looked pretty good. And Kyron Williams is the one who's still available. 44% rostered. He's been out snapping Cam Akers. He looks pretty good. Look at his college tape. He looks solid. The Rams are definitely struggling as an offense in total. But if you're looking for a running back, you really can't go wrong with adding Kyron Williams to your team. Well, yeah, especially when we're not sure if Matthew Stafford's going to play. I mean, the Rams didn't even have their, you know, immediate backup in John Wolford this week. He was hurt, too. They went to Bryce Perkins. Who? Exactly. Some guy you've never heard of. If Perkins, that's a great Perkins. breakfast restaurant. Shout out to yeah, the I don't Northwest. know if that's, I don't know if there's a Perkins outside of like the Northwest. Yeah, as I said, shout out to the Northwest Perkins. Uh, it's like our version of Denny's. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have Denny's here too, but you know, um, if you're then, not from the Northwest, it's like our yeah. Denny's. Yeah, basically. Um, and Perkins did not play very well. Um, I mean, how would you expect that he's never played in the or he, you know has barely played in the NFL as his first actual start. He was 13 and 23 for hundred yards, a touchdown, but threw for two picks. They can pick up 44 yards in, uh, on the ground though. So you get a little bit of upside there. Uh, maybe it leaves a little bit of a different dynamic in this offense, but nothing enough to make you, you know, jump up and shout for any of their playmakers right now. Honestly, to me, as far as like this waiver wire episode goes this deep into the season, as we're making our playoff push and a lot of leagues, yeah, they're right around the corner. Kyron Williams is someone I would be really interested in having on my team if I'm struggling at running back. Yeah. It's, I would agree. You know, it, there's not many guys you're going to grab right now who could really take over the backfield because Cam Akers, obviously, um, a lot of a lot of strife going on in the, in the Rams' backfield. But with Gerald Henderson being gone, it's like, well, who else is going to do it? Yeah, exactly. And if I'm being completely honest, I mean, if there's one guy I'm most interested in right now, out of all the guys we're talking about, it would be Kyron Williams. Yep, and that's exactly how I feel right now. So, um, obviously, we love Kyron Williams. Let's talk about DeAndre Carter on the Chargers. He's rostered in 29% of leagues. Right now, he's really taking advantage of the fact that Mike Williams has been injured. And last week, uh, DeAndre Carter had his season best of seven catches on 10 targets for 73 yards. This is an offense, though, that I have to keep like pacing myself when I think about the Chargers offense when I see these stats because 
it, it's not an offense that we thought it would be. Yeah, you thought they'd be better. Yeah, we thought they would be way better. But at the same time, you know, when someone's getting, you know, 10 targets, 7 catches as a wide receiver, you got to look at him. 29% rostered, which means he's pretty readily available. Make your waiver wires for him. Mike Williams, let's just be honest, you know, he, he will make his return this season, but you cannot rely on it. He came back from that high ankle sprain, and he played, I think, 8 snaps or something. It was 9%. I'm not sure how many exactly snaps it was, but it wasn't a lot of snaps, obviously. Yeah, he, he I, as far as I know from what I've read, he didn't even play double digit snaps. He was barely on the field and re-aggravated the injury. So you you just can't count on Mike Williams. As much as we love him on this podcast, I think me and you both really like Mike Williams. It's hard not he, to. I mean, he's. It seems like this is everyone felt like this would be the year he really broke out and was more consistent and became you know gave you that true like receiver number one, and then he's been hurt for most you know half the season really let me give you this comparison mike williams is the wide receiver version of deandre swift i mean come on my okay i I see what you're trying to do here uh mike (laughs) (laughs) mike williams has been doing that for a lot longer than deandre swift has well, I'm just saying when they're healthy, you know, um, you see a lot of big games and uh, a couple bus games, not very many. DeAndre but, Swift uh, is only in his second season. Mike, Mike Williams has been doing this for five. DeAndre Swift is like in his third year. It's in his second year. Am Maybe I really that wrong about that? Right. It has okay. to be his third. Okay, third year overall. Mike is in, I'm sorry, that means that Mike is in his sixth year. I forgot that yeah. in Sleeper, they put their rookie year as a zero. So when when healthy, very enticing, but they get injured. So you just can't rely on those guys. Playing scared, buddy. Playing scared with them injuries. Playing scared. No, I'm just, I just want you to, to admit that DeAndre Swift is not that guy. But anyways... Well, we know we'll we said that forward. about Ke- hold on. We said that about Keenan Allen for the, about the first three seasons that he got hurt every year, and then he was basically didn't miss a game for six seasons. So, yeah, but now Keenan Allen doesn't do a goddamn thing. He's been hurt all year too, but actually, he scored touchdowns just last week. He had a sixteen point game. It's not like I'm a DeAndre Swift hater. I would love for DeAndre Swift to have six solid seasons after three years of just completely disappointing anybody that plays fantasy football gonna happen he'll stay healthy okay we'll see at the draft next year let's see how faithful you are so let's talk about our last person here oh we already talked about him actually Jalen warren and benny snow we talked about him yeah i kind of reverse order on you since you know injuries and whatnot you you know you know yeah you know if you were listening yeah you know we already talked about him they were our first wave of wires so yeah i think that pretty much wraps up the episode yeah yeah, I sh- we should throw out there one more time. Deshaun Watson is now no longer suspended. He's fully cleared to practice in full this week. And he, they say they don't know what they're going to do in Cleveland yet, but we all know damn well Deshaun Watson is going to get the start. You don't pay the man almost $300 million and not put him on the field when you can. He's going to play. I don't know how well he's going to play, but if you're struggling at quarterback, and you want a Hail Mary type of play, 
it's hard to do better than Deshaun Watson. That, that is a good point. Do you have the fantasy pros pulled up by chance uh, as far as how rostered he is? He is rostered in 59% of leagues on Sleeper, which I would imagine um, he's rostered in 69% of leagues overall because usually Sleeper is around 10% less. So, yeah, that's definitely oh, someone you want to keep your eye on is Deshaun Watson. They actually don't have him ranked, which is kind of weird. But but a roster percentage? Yeah. Because you have to look at the waiver wire and fantasy pros. Ah, he's going to the wrong parlors, man. You got to get it ranked on fantasy pros. <laughs> so Hold on. that is interesting. While we're talking about players you know, who are going to creep into the picture, most likely uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., Apparently, he's supposed to be signing with somebody soon. He said he was going to do it after well, Thanksgiving. I don't know, man. He just got kicked off a flight, and so people got some bad PR around him right now. So they might, uh, they might wait. Yeah, they said he was nodding out on a flight, which to me, um, unless he's a drug addict, it kind of seems like he's just getting like a a bad swing on this one. Like so nodding out on a flight. Have, have we not all nodded out on a flight? No, it wasn't just that. It was he's being unresponsive when they were trying to talk to him and stuff. Um, they said he was floating in and out of consciousness. Rumor has it he had a couple of drinks before the flight and then popped a sleeping pill. Uh, yeah, you should see me fall asleep because <laughs> so, I fall asleep. I mean, you ain't waking me up. dude. Yeah, like Maybe I said, that's just like rumors. Me. I mean, I'm sure I don't think he was he's not popping pills. He was probably just using the pills so he could sleep on the flight. You know, they're busy guys. They got lots of things going on. You know, get your get your sleep when you can. He just happened to have a couple of drinks with it. And then when they're trying to talk to him and whatnot, he, you know, is basically in like a blackout type of mode. Very interesting. Um, ah, it, it seems pretty inopportune for him. But at the same time, I definitely see him signing with somebody and making a difference. At one point during the fantasy playoffs. For sure. In all honesty, I don't think Jerry Jones cares. I think he signs with Dallas. Uh, Jerry Jones don't care. He don't care. He eats uh-huh. McMuffins for breakfast. What? You've seen that in Hard Knocks, right? He eats like McDonald's sausage McMuffins. For breakfast every morning? Like literally like a sausage McMuffin. You just eat it without anything. He's just raw dog and McMuffins in oh, his God. office. All right. On that note, let's wrap that thing up. <laughs> you haven't seen that. I haven't. <laughs> okay. It for exists. For whatever reason, Deshaun. Okay. For whatever reason, the hard knock deal, I've never like jumped head first into. I don't know why. And I just never did. And I sure as hell was going to watch it when the Cowboys were on. Well, yeah, you should. You definitely should if you want to watch a billionaire eat a fucking McDonald's McMuffin for breakfast willingly. I mean, why you hate on McDonald's like that? I'm not, but fuck, it's like, come hey on, man, Jerry. even hey, b- hey, billionaires, they they gotta be frugal too. You can't have your personal chef cook everything for you. It's expensive. Frugal? I want the McGriddle. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, but anyways. <laughs> three extra dollars so yeah we'll wrap this up right now thank you for listening this is a week 13 waiver wire episode of the fancy football fathers if you haven't already follow us on twitter at the ff fathers hit us up 
Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And as usual, later on this week, we'll be posting our early starts of the week, which will be Thursday night and Sunday morning. And then the episode after that will be our late starts of the week, which includes our starts of the week. We'll be talking about, you know, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and the individual players that we like the most this week. So, yeah, without further ado, that is this episode. Is there anything that I missed, my friend? Uh, No, I don't believe so. Well, shit, that's it right there. (laughs) See y'all later. Bye.